Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Maybe I'm not as into hyperbole as uh, I used to be. I think uh, COVID-19, the pandemic, the lockdown have uh, taught us a lot about perspective. At the same time, it's a pretty big week in Irish politics. Uh, We have uh, waited uh, since early February to see if a new government will be formed in this new doll. And it is crunch time uh, for the parties involved. The members of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, and crucially the Green Party are voting this week and it will be known by Friday evening if they have all accepted the new programme for government. If that happens, my next guest uh, will be Taoiseach, probably by Saturday evening. The leader of Fianna Fáil, Micheál Martin, is uh, with me. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. You have been in active politics for decades. You've been leader of your party for years. Are you nervous about the outcome this week? Um, I don't have time to be nervous, to be honest with you. And um, obviously it's, it's, it's been a long time since the general election and we've had fairly detailed and exhaustive discussions with the Green Party and with the Fine Gael Party on a programme for government. Um, over the last week, we've been engaging with our own party membership. It's historic in the sense that it's the first time ever in the history of the party that the members have a vote on a programme for government. And that in itself has energised the membership and there's been considerable debate up and down the country. And uh, I've been on the phone with a lot of councillors and members and with our TDs as well. So uh, that's where the focus has been uh, right now. And I think the Challenges facing the country are enormous, given COVID-19 and its impact. And I think there's an obligation on us to put a government together that can last five years and that can deal with the very serious issues that face many small to medium-sized companies who are really wondering about their viability over the next number of months and the thousands of people who are unemployed and who want to get back to work. And that has to be the, the, the central thought in all our minds and our objective is to try and help and, those. And I think people uh, would accept this. your bona fides there, but what would it mean for you and your family if you were elected Taoiseach? Well, look, it's not about me personally, um, but I mean, it would obviously be a change of, 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 of tempo uh, from being a leader of the opposition to being Taoiseach. I have been in government before, so I am aware of, um, in terms of the, the, the full, uh, uh, you know, 15, 16 hour days uh, and, and all of that. Um, but um, I, I, I think it's it's my, my look. I've been a public service uh, as you as you've outlined for quite a long time. Uh, it's something that I'm engaged and committed to. Um, so if, for me, it's to try and overcome the challenges that people face now and how we work our way out of COVID-19 and the economic impact that COVID-19 yeah. has had on but us. And that's that's the challenge. It's I, about really the issues that face us. I remember reading Lyndon Johnson, the former president of the United States, um, talking about the day he left the White House and walking down the driveway. And he said he felt an enormous burden lift from his shoulders, having been in that high office. Do, do you really know, can you really know what it's going to be like if you were in that chair, ultimately making the decisions from Saturday? No, until you get in there. Yeah, I take your point on that. Um, because there's a lot of personal responsibility on your shoulders. Um, and um, but, but I think once, I mean, LBJ was a very effective leader uh, in many respects, not on all fronts, but certainly in terms of domestic reform and civil rights. Um, um, he achieved a lot. So the objective is really... Uh, to do the best one can for the country and for one's people, but also 
you know, there is a program for government there, that's the template, uh, and that's what we'll be guided by. So, uh, on a personal level, yes, a lot of responsibility, uh, significant challenge, and one is always modest and, and, and humble as you approach a position like that. Um, and but there will there are supports there, and uh, we we have a, and an, uh, you know, thankfully a parliamentary democracy, uh, which allows for engagement and which allows for uh, different thoughts and views to come across. Um, and so you know, I, I I would look forward to something like that. Yeah, uh, we heard uh, this morning on Live ninety five news from the current Taoiseach Leo Varadkar saying that he believes there could be a Fianna Fáil Sinn Féin government in a matter of weeks if the program for government is defeated. This week, yeah, I'm surprised to hear that because he, he, he and I know that um, you know the last six weeks have been extremely difficult in terms of the detailed nature of the talks between the Green Party, Fine Gael, and Fianna Fáil. And if that has taught us anything, it is that it's not simple to put a program for government together on a broad policy front, from climate change to housing to health to childcare to insurance issues um, and to the better economic development in the regions. Um, so it's not, that's not simple at all. Um, and therefore, I think we, we, we would be in a real political crisis and there is no plan B. Um, and um, so I, I, I would hope and I'm confident that the membership of the three parties will support this. Uh, otherwise, I think we are in very, very uncertain Territory. I mean, the only two parties that produced a framework document uh, with broad ideas was Fine Fáil and Fine Gael after a considerable length of time, and then the Green Party engaged with that substantively. To be fair, the independent groupings have indicated an interest in a government that would last five years, and I thought with independence with centre ground policies and, and approaches. Um, and there can be up to 18 of those there who all indicated that they do get to see the necessity for a government that will last five years. Uh, but I haven't seen any other framework documents produced by anybody else. Right. Well, so well, I, I think you're into a very, very difficult uh, situation and a, and a political crisis. I think another election would be very damaging. And I think the public, and particularly you must know it, the companies out there, the people who want to, to get supports for their businesses, uh, people who are unemployed who want to get prospect of going back to work, oh, they all want the government. All, we have been reflecting all of that, I can tell you, on this show over, over the last three or four months, and that's for sure in unprecedented times. Uh, but 100 years ago, when the election happened in February, people might remember that in the immediate wake of it, you appeared to leave the door open to doing business with Sinn Féin. Uh, at a later point, you certainly set your face against it, having done so in the run-up to the general election. Are you absolutely ruling it out if this is not passed this week? Yeah, the Fianna Fáil part, Parliamentary Party, which I think people forget, took a very strong decision on that in the week after um, the election and gave me a mandate um, to, to engage with like-minded parties in terms of policies. Uh, and that's why we produced a framework document eventually. And that's why that's what led to the discussions with the Green Party. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, I've no other mandate other than that. But I think there were reasons why that mandate was given. And there has always been a strong, strong opposition within the party uh, to going into government, which in fact for, for, for a variety of reasons, uh, which I've put on the record, um, and also in terms of the economic policies that underpin uh, the respective parties. And that, that's how parliamentary democracies work. I mean, Sinn Féin had been very clear from the outset of the election date, which never gets commented on. They said the last thing we need in government is Fianna Fáil. That's what they said in the first day or two after the general election. And then they wanted to form a government with the far left, with people before profit, solidarity and other parties. And that didn't transpire, not yet anyway. And there was no framework document 
produced um, from that side of the house either. So, so can, uh, can you assure listeners then this morning that if this doesn't work out, if one of the three party memberships reject the programme for government, there is no prospect of a coalition between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin? But as far as I'm concerned, you know, the only... The, the, we, we've got responses from the Labour Party, from the Social Democrat Party. Uh, the Labour Party haven't ruled everything out, and I've mentioned the independence to you. Uh, so there are other options than just the one that you put, and I'm always intrigued how people are trying to push Fianna Fáil in a certain direction, whereas we've been very clear from the outset, just like Fine Gael have been, um, and others have been. And I certainly, as I said to you, what I've picked up uh, in the last number of weeks is a genuine interest from a range of independents um, who want to see a government rooted in centre-ground economic policies um, elected that could last five years. Otherwise, we will be in a crisis. And that crisis would lead to a general election rather than talks well. between Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin and a coalition. It could very well lead. So are you ruling out election. Sinn Féin or aren't you? Look, I, they're, they're, we have already taken a decision in relation to that. And what we're doing now is we're focusing on trying to get a, a program for government together. I mean, we've been six weeks negotiating this. Uh, and that's what, that, that's the message I've been giving to the members of Fianna Fáil. That's why I'm seeking to persuade the members of Fianna Fáil to vote for this program for government. And by the way, I'm confident that we'll get through. There seems to be an extraordinary uh, origin, some commentariats, to try and talk the thing down. Uh, with, with, with I think a super, uh, surplus of negativity around it. Uh, don't underestimate the Green Party and, and a significant majority of the Green Party could support this. That would be my view. Now, if you end up being Taoiseach, you will be a monster Taoiseach. You're a very proud Cork person, of course. Um, the Greens, have they ensured in this programme for government that the Limerick to Cork motorway project is a goner? No, no. We've made, we've made it very clear that the Cork Limerick motorway has to happen. Or Limerick Cork, as we like to say here. <laughs> Whichever way, Joe. The Limerick Cork one will, will happen. <laughs> um, and um, look, I think it's important. I've made this point to members of the Green Party that from an economic perspective, it's a very important economic, economic corridor to open up. It's also important. It, like, it's, a, it's a very poor road, as we know. But also, I think, in terms of the. Uh, overall objective of getting better regional economic development, we do need to connect Cork, Limerick and Galway uh, in, a, in, a more, in a stronger way as a counterbalance to the east uh, and the growth of Dublin. Uh, and I think until we do that, we're not going to get a recalibration of economic development in the country. In other words, a better balance uh, across the Midwest, the West. And I think if we can bring the strengths and resources of the three cities areas together, uh, I think that gives you the potential to bring inward investment uh, in and to get better uh, regional economic development. And that's why it's an important um, interest piece of infrastructure, right. along with rail infrastructure okay. and along so, with public transport. So it will, as well, it will proceed under a government that you lead? Yeah, yes. And it's already underway in terms of initial planning and appraisal, as you know, um, on the, in, in the existing national development plan. And the other interesting one is Catherine Martin, the deputy leader of the Greens over the last uh, 24 hours, uh, reiterating that the Shannon LNG gas project will not proceed uh, with the Greens in government. Is that the case? Yeah, but what has happened is that the program for government is very clear that it's withdrawing that uh, project from the project of common interest. Um, now, as you know, um, that hit difficulties already. I mean, that, that's been planned for about 15 years. I think the Shannon LNG hasn't come to fruition. It's been through different iterations. Uh, it was first announced in 2006. 
Um, and then it, 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 recently the, there was a European Court of Justice decision that the original permission granted in 2008, planning permission, should not have been extended without an environmental impact assessment. So that's not going back to the High Court. Um, so, look, there have been a lot of challenges facing that project in any event. But the program for government has been clear um, that, uh, you know, we... we don't want we we will do not support the importation of fracked gas and shall develop a policy statement to establish that report uh, or sorry that, that approach and also that the Shannon LNG terminal from the EU projects of common interest that it would be, it would be withdrawn from that list so which basically means that any potential support that may have been forthcoming from that and that was biggest um, won't be uh, won't be no obviously it's a, it's owned privately by the company and that's a matter for the company then to decide how it wishes to proceed. Okay. Um, now the idea being, by the way, is that, that look, to be fair, the, the big change in the program for government is to move towards renewables uh, and to develop offshore wind. And that could have implications for the Shannon Estuary in the Midwest. Um, offshore wind is going to be the big mover, I think, in the next decade. Uh, and there will, be, there will need to be uh, centres for, for, for supporting uh, offshore wind development. Uh, and that could mean jobs in, in, in yeah. variety in, in, in well, ports and so on. Okay. And that, that's okay. the well, look, alternative that, approach that's I been mean, developed. Anyone was listening to that answer, you've laid out your position very clearly on that one. Um, Niall Collins, Willie O'Dea, Patrick O'Donovan, Kieran O'Donnell, Brian Ledden, all TDs of different parties, including your own, representing Limerick City and County. Yes. Our listeners have an expectation that there will be cabinet representation for Limerick. Will it happen? Well, again, I can't look. I'm not in a position to speculate on who gets into cabinet or who doesn't get into cabinet. Um, all party leaders will have limited choices because it's a three-way government partnership. But I'm very conscious of, of you know the desires of every region across the country for representation in cabinet and in government. Um, and you have named all very talented people there, very able people, um, and I'm very conscious of that. Um, so we, 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 you know, we'll cross that bridge when we have to cross it. Uh, the first objective is to get the agreement um, passed. But, but Michal, there'll be one constituency in Cork likely to have a Taoiseach, a Tánaiste and a Minister all at the Cabinet table next week. Yes, that, that um, you're, you're speculating on that because of you know different parties with different uh, personalities. Well, you're definitely going to be at the Cabinet table if you're the Taoiseach. <laughs> well, that's the way things work out. But, uh, <laughs> and I think Simon Govney will be as well. There seems to be that uh, possibility, all right, from the Fine Gael side. <laughs> but look, I, I'm not speculating on, on, on individuals. Look, we have to take it one step at a time. And, and, and um, you know, politics has evolved in the way it has evolved. And uh, yeah, Corksville Central has been a, a very competitive constituency for quite some time. Well, I remember being um, at an event um, when uh, just at the beginning of Michael Noonan's term as Minister for Finance. And I remember him standing up at an event full of Limerick people, including members of the business community and others, and very baldly stating, listen, I will be in this role and at the cabinet table for a limited length of time. So if there are projects that people are interested in, you need to get them on the table so that they can be considered in that context. That's how important having a minister at the cabinet table is. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, at the same time, I mean, it equally has to be said, like people like to get the name for getting things done in, in, in their individual constituencies. But we have a programme for government. We have national plans. We have regional plans. We have projects that are earmarked for Limerick and earmarked for the Midwest, which will go ahead uh, and which will get support. And you, in our situation, we, we have Niall Collins, we have Willie O'Dea, uh, who are as strong and uh, 
vociferous uh, supporters of of the Midwest and of Limerick as you can get. Um, so you know, I don't, you know, let, let's be clear about that. It's, it's and um, you know, the Midwest is key. As I said to you earlier, the big challenge facing Ireland is to get better regional economic development. Um, the country is very lopsided in terms of how it is developing. Um, and if we've learned anything from COVID-19, we need to create better economic opportunities in Limerick, uh, Limerick County, and in the Midwest more generally. If you are Taoiseach next week and you are in a coalition with Fine Gael and the Greens, particularly Fine Gael, is it the end of civil war politics in Ireland? Well, civil war politics ended in 1926 when Fianna Fáil was formed. And anyone who studies the history of that period knows that the idea behind the formation of Fianna Fáil was to move beyond the civil war. Uh, and in fact, what happened between 26 and 32 and throughout the 30s was Fianna Fáil brought in people who were never involved in the civil war. And in fact, quite, quite a number from Common and Gael would have joined Fianna Fáil in the early 30s, basically on protectionism as an economic policy at that time. Um, and, and the whole evolution of Not Fianna Not one Fáil, you're advocating today. No, the whole evolution of Fianna Fáil actually was about moving on from the Civil War. It would never have grown and evolved into a mass party that it did if it was still rooted in Civil War ideology and politics. That's often forgotten and mistaken by the very simplistic notion, oh, this is the end of Civil War politics. As far as Fianna Fáil is concerned, it ended in 26. Sorry, it ended in 23, but Fianna Fáil was formed in 26. And a minority left what was then known as the Third Sinn Féin Party to join De Valera and Lamas and others to form Fianna Fáil. So it actually started out from narrow roots. I mean, I don't want to get involved in... You know know much more about history than I do. But but, but one thing I would say is that every time we discuss, for example, the current scenarios around the decade of remembrances and we start touching on the Civil War, I can tell you one thing. The reaction we get on this show would suggest that the legacy of it is certainly still there. Of course, I, look, I get your point. And in fact, for many of our members, by the way, and some have said it to me who had relatives who died in the Civil War, who were tortured in the Civil War, for them it's very difficult. Uh, but I'm, I'm saying politically, you know, the mass and devil area wanted to move on from the Civil War. And if you look at all the language, look, I studied it, so therefore I, I should, I'm going on a bit too much about it, but <laughs> I, the, the whole raison d'etre was to broaden out and create a new movement. And that's what happened. Uh, Lamas himself said that it was the generations that came afterwards were more bitter than the generations that actually went through the Civil War. Interesting comment from someone who was a participant in 1916 as a young fella who was in the War of Independence and who was in the Civil War. A lot of the protagonists and people involved in the Civil War regretted it and wanted to move on very quickly from it. Um, and, you know, Lamas's tribute to W.T. Cosgrave uh, on his retirement was an example of that in terms of generosity of spirit and sentiment. Um, and um, so, you know, I think, look, we've moved a long way but from, from that. Um, and I think what it represents is basically Irish politics has changed. We've eight groupings now in Dial um, so it's very fragmented. Um, and I think into the future it will re- represent more a continental model. Yeah. We have a number of centre parties, left parties. We haven't, uh, you know, so I, I think that's where it's evolving and that, okay. that's why I think you're having well, a three-way partnership government on, on the table right now. Right. Well, Neil Martin, thank you for a very interesting conversation uh, today. Um, will you sleep on Thursday night? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't bother you? No, you have to get some sleep in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do not end up as Taoiseach, um, if a government isn't infor- uh, formed involving Fianna Fáil, w- will that be it for you as Fianna Fáil leader? 
No, I'm not contemplating that at all. I think, look, my obligation is I've been elected to Dáil Éireann as leader of the party. I take the mandate very seriously, and I'll work to do my best for the people in trying to get a government formed. Uh, but I'm not contemplating uh, anything other than, uh, hopefully, this, this uh, tripartite pro- pro- government getting passed uh, on Friday. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Take care. Micheál Martin, the leader of Fianna Fáil there. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.